Then, back to the explanation, back to the book, with the explanation of Shaykh al-Fawzan, what follows, that's the end of the first fundamental principle. And what follows is the second fundamental principle. So the first fundamental principle, the servant's awareness of his Lord, that's just, that's where it's just ended here. So then comes a title, and we just begin this section, inshallah, we won't go deeply into it. Al-Asr al-Thani Ma'rifatu Deen al-Islami The second fundamental principle Knowledge of the religion of Islam And the heading Ta'rif al-Deen The definition of the religion What's the meaning of al-Deen, the religion? Then comes the saying of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullah Al-Asl al-Thani Ma'rifatu deen al-Islami bil-Adillah The second fundamental principle Knowledge of the religion of Islam With its proof With its proofs Knowledge of the religion of Islam with its proofs Shaykh Fawzan Hafizullah said in explanation The Shaykh Having finished explaining Knowledge of the first fundamental principle Which was Knowledge of Allah The perfect and most high With the evidences He now moves on To explaining the second fundamental principle The second of the three (coughs) And it is knowledge Of the religion of Islam With the proofs So therefore he said Al-Asl al-Thani Ma'rifatu deen al-Islami Bil-Adillah the second fundamental principle is knowledge and awareness of the religion of Islam with, it, with the proofs. Then he mentioned its definition and he explained its meaning and then he mentioned its levels in the, in the speech of the Sheikh, Sheikh, Sheikh of Islam there comes three things. He gives the definition of what the deen is he explains its meaning and he mentions its levels. And he's saying, Rahimahullah, Ma'rifatu Deen al Islam. Knowledge of the religion, the deen of Islam. <coughs> Shaykh Fawzan explains this word, Ad Deen. He said, Ad Deen. And he explains what it, mean, what it means in the Arabic language. What does the word Deen mean in the Arabic language? He said, It means Atta'ah. It means obedience. For it is said, Danalahu. It's said about a person, Danalahu. He did deen for him. When he obeyed him. It's said about a person, Danalahu. Somebody, Dana, or somebody else. When he obeys him. With regard to what he commanded. And he abandons what he forbade. And it said, this one, Dana, to that one. This has a meaning here, it means obedience. The first meaning of deen is obedience, atta'a. Then he gives a second meaning. And the word ad-deen is used to mean al-hisab, bringing to account or reckoning. Just as occurs in his saying, Madiki yawmid-deen. Was the ayah from Surah Fatiha? Ma'adiki yawmid din. That Allah the Most, with the explanation, Allah the Most High, 
describing himself as the owner of the day of Deen. The owner, sovereign owner of the day of reckoning. So it is, and it is said, Danahu, meaning he brought him to account. He brought him to account. Just as he, the Most High, said, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ ثُمَّ مَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ Surah Al-Infitar, the 82nd Surah, Ayah 17 to 18. With the explanation, And what will cause you to understand what is the day of the deen? What is the day of the reckoning? Then what will cause you to understand what is the day of the reckoning? Shaykh al said, meaning, Yawmul Hisab. Yawmul Deen is Yawmul Hisab, the day of the reckoning. Yawma la tamliku nafsun li nafsin shay'a wal amru yawma idhin lillah. The next ayah from Surah Al-Fitar, the same surah, 82nd surah, ayah 19, with the explanation. On the day when no soul will possess any benefit for any other soul, and the whole affair on that day will be for Allah. So in other words, Shaykh Fawzan has mentioned the word deen has two meanings in the language. Firstly, ta'a, obedience, and secondly, al-hisab, reckoning. Then he said, he's saying bil-adillah, awareness of the religion of Islam, bil-adillah, with the proofs, meaning, knowledge of the religion of Islam, cannot be by way of taqlid, by way of blind following, or by way of taharrus, conjecture, person putting his own thoughts into what it, what it must be, what it might be. Or it cannot be by conjecture from the person. The religion, the deen, must be based upon proofs from the book and the sunnah. Then he said, as for the person who does not know his religion, rather he just blindly follows the rest of the people. And he is just a follower of whatever the rest of the people do. Then this person does not know his religion as he should. He said, this person does not know his religion. If he's just following whatever the people do, and the people say his deen, then he does it. He's just with them about whatever they do about deen, he does the same thing. The Sheikh said, this one does not know his religion. And it is quite appropriate that when he is asked in the grave, that he should say, Ha, ha, la adri. Samitun nasa yaqulun shay'an aqultu. It's quite appropriate that he should be one in the grave who will say, Ha, ha. I do not know. I heard the people saying something, so I said it. And when the people are asked in their grave about their Lord and their religion and their prophet, and the person of, of the hypocrite and the person of doubt, this is what he will say. This is quite appropriate. The one who doesn't know, he just follows the people about the religion. He doesn't learn his deen properly. It's quite appropriate that here we one who says this like, likewise. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just heard the people saying something, so I said it. In the footnote, they mentioned this hadith is preceded. Of course, the famous hadith, hadith reported by Bukhari, hadith 1338, and by Muslim, hadith 2, 
2870 in, sh- in abridged form from a hadith of Anas and the hadith with the full wording about what will happen to the person who, when he enters his grave, the righteous person and the evil person the full wording being reported by Abu Dawood as hadith 4753 from a long famous hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu and then Shaykh Fawzan said, So it is obligatory upon a person that he should gain knowledge and awareness of his religion with the proofs from the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of his Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he will not know this except through at-ta'allum. He will not know this except through learning. Through learning. And then, to continue with the second fundamental principle, having Taking the first part last week, Al-Asrufani Ma'rifatu Deen al-Islami bil-Adilla The second fundamental principle Knowledge of the religion of Islam With its proofs Then there comes on page 157 Page 152 of the Egyptian edition The saying of the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullah He brings an actual definition A comprehensive definition Of what Islam is Our religion of Islam, what does it mean? What is Islam? He said, وَهُوَ الْإِسْتِسْلَامُ لَهُ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ وَالْإِنْقِيَادُ لَهُ بِالطَّاعَةِ وَالْبَرَاءَةُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَأَهْلِهِ He said, and it, we define Islam, what is Islam, what is this religion of Islam? And it is al-istislam, to submit to him with tawheed. And al-inqiyar, and to yield to him with obedience, and al-bara'a, and to free oneself from shirk and its people, and it is to submit to him with tawheed, and to yield to him with obedience, and to free oneself from shirk and its people. So he defines Islam in those three sentences, those three points. Shaykh al-Fazan, he explains this by saying Al-Islam Explain the word Islam, where it's extracted from the Arabic language He said Al-Islam Is derived from Aslama This shape of the, From the language From the verb With the root seen and lam and mean Four fruit of it Aslama As, and he said in the Arabic language Aslama this shape he submitted with it. He said, meaning, he submitted to it. He said in Arabic, Aslama lishayt. He submitted Aslama to that thing, to mean, he submitted to it. Then he gives an example. He means, like, the word Aslama means submission. He gives an example in the language. He said, Aslama nafsahu bil qatr. As it said in the language, he submitted himself to being killed. Aslama nafsahu, he submitted himself to being killed. Meaning, khada'a bil qatl. Meaning, he submitted to being killed. So, aslama, a person aslama himself, he did Islam, he did Islam himself, means that he submitted to that thing. Then the Shaykh goes on and says, so therefore, al-Islam, Islam is submitting one's face and one's purpose and resolve and one's intention to him 
He the mighty and majestic. That's what Islam is. Submitting one's face and one's purpose and resolve and one's intention to Him the mighty and majestic. Then he gives two ayahs as proof for this. And the Shaykh explains afterwards. The first ayah he mentions وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, ayah 125. With the explanation, and who is better in deen, and who is better in religion, than one who aslama wajhahu, than one who submits his face to Allah, and he is a doer of the good which Allah legislated, and he follows the religious way of Ibrahim, Upright upon his way, turning away from shirk. And he goes the second ayah, So to Baqarah, the second surah, ayah 112, with the explanation, Rather whoever aslama wajhahu, rather whoever submits his face for Allah. Whoever submits his face to Allah. She has said, meaning. As meant here by Aslam Awajhahu Billah, which means submits his face for Allah. The Shaykh said, meaning, Akhlasa Amrahu Billahi Azza wa Jal. Shaykh Razan gives the same explanation here, it's given by Al Hafid ibn Kathir and others from Basirin, meaning, he makes his deeds purely and sincerely for Allah, the mighty and majestic. And he yields to Allah obediently and by choice and with desire and out of love. Then Shaykh Bazan explains the phrase the definition of Islam with the first part of the phrase that it is Al-Istislam Lillahi Bit-Tawheed that Islam is submitting to Allah with Tawheed. And it is And it is to single out Allah The majestic and most high With worship And this is the meaning of Tawheed So whoever worships Allah alone Attributing no partner to him Then he has indeed submitted to him and that's what he meant by submitting to Allah, submitting to Tawheed. He said, His saying, وَالْإِنْقِيَادُ لَهُ سُبْحَانَهُ بِالْطَاعَةِ Quoting the second phrase of the three. And al-inqiyad, and yielding, complying, yielding to him, he the perfect, with obedience. Shaykh Razan said, regarding whatever he has commanded you with, and whatever he has forbidden you from, so whatever he commanded you with, then you do it. And whatever he forbade you from, then you avoid it. You avoid it in obedience to Allah, the perfect and most high. Then he mentions the third of the three phrases in definition of what Islam is. He's saying, وَالْبَرَاءَةُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَأَهْلِهِ And freeing oneself Freeing oneself or disassociating oneself 
and freeing oneself from shirk and its people. Shaykh Fawzan said, Al-Bara'a, freeing oneself, disassociating oneself, means cutting off from and separating from and being far removed from shirk and from the people of shirk. Such that you believe the falsity of shirk and that you keep away from it. You believe in, you believe in your heart that it is something false and you keep away from it with your actions. Just as a side point, then that's how Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi explained likewise, freedom from shirk, meaning that you purify your aqidah, you purify your belief and your deeds from shirk. That's the meaning of freeing oneself from shirk. So Shaykh Razan said, just repeat his last phrase, he said, such that you believe the falsity of shirk and you keep away from it. And you believe in the obligation of having enmity towards the people of shirk, the mushrikeen. Because they are enemies to Allah, the mighty and majestic. So therefore you do not take them as awliya, beloved friends and allies. Rather you take them as being enemies. Because they are enemies to Allah and to his messenger and to his religion. So therefore you do not have love for them. And you do not have love and alliance with them. Rather you cut off from them with regard to the religion. And you distance and you distance yourself from them. And you believe in the falseness, you are certain of aqidah, your belief, certain belief, in the falseness of what they are upon. So therefore you do not love them with your heart. And you do not aid them with your sayings and with your actions. Because they are enemies to your Lord, and enemies to your religion. So how can you have love and alliance with them when they are enemies of Islam? Sheikh said, it is not sufficient that you just submit to Allah and comply, or it is not sufficient that you submit to Allah and yield to him with obedience. <coughs> but do not free yourself from shirk and nor from the people of shirk. This does not suffice. This will not suffice. You will not be counted as being a Muslim until you have these characteristics. In all these three. And he mentions them. Firstly, Al-Istislam al-Lillahi bil-Tawheed. Three characteristics which the author mentioned has been the definition of Islam. You will not be a true Muslim until you have these three. Firstly, submitting to Allah with Tawheed. Secondly, yielding to Him with obedience. Thirdly, freeing oneself from those who oppose Tawheed. Or rather, He said, freeing oneself from that which opposes Tawheed and that which opposes obedience. And it is a shirk. Until you have all these three, the first being submitting to Allah with Tawheed, the second being yielding to Him with obedience. And thirdly, freeing oneself from whatever opposes those first two. 
whatever opposes Tawheed and whatever opposes obedience to Allah, which is what the Shaykh said, and that is Shirk. Fourthly, freeing oneself from the people of Shirk. Freeing oneself from the people of Shirk. But Shaykh notes that he divides it into actually four matters. Four matters that are essential. Then he said, by actualizing these characteristics, you will be a Muslim. As for if you miss out on a single characteristic from them, then you will not be a Muslim. So in these three words, in the three words that the author summarized Islam in, Shaykh, the Shaykh summarized, summarized the definition of Islam. And how many a person does not know the meaning of Islam? Because he has not learned this thing. And if it was said to him, what is Islam? He will not give you a correct response. Well, the Shaykh's not just referring to obviously the people that are unbelievers, the disbelievers, even the Muslims, many of them. If you ask them even the simplest question, what is your religion? What is your religion? Islam? What is Islam? Then they will not give you a correct answer. They give you an answer, but it will not be very often a correct answer. Even that simple basic question, you won't get a correct answer. Which I said, because it's not something they've learned. Many, many people, it's just something too basic. We're, 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 you know, I'm a Muslim already, I, I know what Islam is. Many people have been something too basic, you know, too basic for us. We don't go, we don't even study that. So they never, they, they never, never learn what is correct in that regard. But the Sheikh said that's why very often you won't get a correct response from them. Then there comes a small heading, or a few small subheadings here, Marathi Buddin, the levels of the religion. Al Martabatul Ula Al Islam. The levels of the religion. The first level is Al Islam. And it is of three levels. And because the saying of the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Al-Islam, the first of the three levels, so remember we're on the second fundamental principle, knowledge and awareness of the religion of Islam. So he mentions the first of the levels, the three levels of the religion of Islam, is Al-Islam, that's the first level. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, explaining, the meaning of al-maratib levels is ad-darajat, ascending levels. Because we have said that Islam is of three levels. Some of them, or each of them being some of them being higher than others. The first levels from, from the levels, the first level from the levels of the religion is Islam. That's the first level. Then after it there comes Iman. Then after it, there comes Al-Ihsan. So therefore, Islam, at the first level, Al-Islam is wider, more extensive, wider, broader. And Iman is something more restricted than Islam. And Al-Ihsan is more restricted than Iman. In those are the ascending levels. The Islam is broader, it covers more. The term Islam, it covers something more. Iman is something more restricted, 
more particular. And Ihsan is the most particular of the lot. The highest and most particular of, of all three. He said, so the scope or the sphere of Islam is wide. The munafiqun, the hypocrites, they enter within it if they outwardly comply with Islam and they outwardly display it and they outwardly adhere to it. In Islam, what's apparent from, from Islam, as she mentions, rulings of Islam, and this world, outward rulings of Islam, we judge, even the hypocrites enter into that. As long as they outwardly display Islam, but all we see from a person in his heart, he may be a hypocrite, but we don't see that. Outwardly, we just see him displaying Islam. Complying with Islam, that's all we can see. Then, as far as we can see, as far as we can see, he falls within the definition of Islam, apparent Islam. As the Sheikh said, the scope or sphere of Islam is wide. The munafiqun, the hypocrites, they enter within it if they outwardly comply with Islam and they outwardly display it and they adhere to it outwardly. If they pray along with the Muslims and they give the zakat and they do the outward actions, then they are called Muslims. They are called Muslims. And the rulings of the Muslims apply upon them. In this world, obviously in this world, in the next life a different matter. But in this world, the rulings of the Muslims apply upon them. So they have whatever the Muslims have. And they get and upon them or it will be whatever is upon the Muslims. However, in the hereafter, they will be in the lowest depth of the fire. Because they do not have Iman, faith. They don't have true faith. Rather, they have just apparent or outward Islam only. As is proceeded, then the Munafiqun, mean those who in their hearts they do not believe in Islam, they believe that in their hearts they hold kufr, disbelief, they disbelieve in their hearts. But for their own goals they display Islam outwardly. To the people and to the Muslims they display Islam, they practice Islam, they comply with Islam outwardly, but in their hearts they do not don't believe in it. That is a Munafiqun. So Shaykh makes the point as long as outwardly all we see is they comply with Islam, follow Islam, then we give them the rights of the Muslims. That's all we see from them, so we treat them as being Muslims. In the next life though, they will be in the lowest depth of the fire. Then Shaykh mentions the second level. In Qurtha, Shaykh al-Islam mentions the next two levels. Then the second highest level and the highest level. Wal-Iman wal-Ihsan. So it's the three levels of Islam are al-Islam, which we just had, and al-Iman and al-Ihsan. Shaykh al said, He's saying Al-Iman. This is the second level. Iman. So Islam is the first. Iman is the second level. And the Mu'minun, the people of Iman, the people who have Iman, the believers, the Mu'minun, they vary in their levels. So from them are Al-Muqarrabun. Those who draw especially close to the good deeds. And from them are Al-Abrar, the righteous ones. And Shaykh al-Fazan mentions these two. So as for the first of these two, Al-Muqarrabun, they are the people of the highest of the levels. And the Abrar, the second ones, are lesser than them. And from them there are those who are Al-Zalim li 
the person who is one who wrongs himself. He's a believer, but he is one who is in the category of one who wrongs himself. And he is the one who commits major sins, which are less than shirk. He commits major sins, but as long as they're lesser than shirk. And some of the explainers mentioned these three levels. This, this now, referring to the people of Iman, Mu'minun. Obviously, all the Mu'minun fall into the first thing, Islam, they're all Muslims. They're all Muslims. Now, but now on the second level, the Mu'minun. They, the Mu'minun, people of Iman, are divided into three categories. Shaykh said, the highest of them being Al-Muqarrabun. Some of the explainers mentioned, those who do all the victory acts, who do what's the victory upon them, and they hasten to do the recommended acts as well. And they leave aside what is forbidden for them. And they hasten to leave aside anything, even if it's disliked. Even if it's not forbidden, if it's disliked, they hasten to avoid it as well. They are Some of them define that. Muqarrabun, those who especially draw, draw close in that way. And they say, as for the abrar, then there are those who do carry out their obligatory duties, and they keep away from what is forbidden. And the third one, as Shaykh Abbasan himself directly explained, and the third category of the believers, the darling, the nafsi, one who falls into major sins, but which are less than shirk. Then Shaykh Abbasan quotes the ayah as proof of this. He said, or first he mentions, the believer of the third category, the one who falls into major sin, which is less than shirk, then he is mu'minun fasiq, is a sinful believer. Or he is mu'min naqis al-iman, a believer who is deficient in iman. That's the third category, one who is dhalim the nafsihi, one who wrongs himself, a believer, he's a believer, but he wrong, wrongs himself, falls into major sin. Then it can be described as in one of these two ways. Mu'minun fasiq, a believer, but who is sinful believer. Or a believer who is deficient in his iman. And he gives the evidence, he the Most High said, so from them are those who are dhalimun linasihi. From them are those who wrong themselves. And from them are those who take a middle course. And from them are those who are foremost upon good deeds by the permission of Allah. And that is the great bounty. And the people of Tafsir, some of the people of Tafsir explain that I likewise we just mentioned. That those who are violent and nasty, and those who fall into some of the major sins, which are less than shirk, those who take a muqtasid, those who are described here as muqtasid, and those who do what's a victory upon them, and then leave what's forbidden. And then those who are sabiqun bil khayra, those who are foremost upon good, those who do whatever is uh, obligatory, but not only that, they also hasten to do whatever is recommended. And likewise, they, they avoid whatever is forbidden, but they also hasten to avoid anything and keep away from whatever is disliked as well. Allahu Akbar. Then Shaykh Razan moves on to the third category, the third and the highest level of Islam. He said, he's saying Al-Ihsan. Literally, from the word to mean to do something well. Shaykh said, 
This is the third level And it is Al-Ihsan And it is That the servant does well With regard to what is between him and Allah He is to perfect or do well What is between him and Allah He does well in the worship of Allah The perfect He does well in the worship of Allah The mighty majestic and the Prophet ﷺ mentioned Al-Ihsan So he said Al-Ihsanu an ta'bud Allah Ka'annaka tarahum Fa'in lam takun tarahum Fa'innahu yaraak The Prophet ﷺ As we have seen Referred to in This has been part of the hadith of Jibreel Jibreel famous hadith of Jibreel That Prophet ﷺ said Al-Ihsan Is that you worship Allah As if you are seeing him and even though you do not see him Then he certainly sees you In a footnote they mention this is a part of the long hadith Reported by Al-Bukhari number 50 And by Muslim numbers 9 and 10 From a hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu As the Buzzer will be well aware From the lessons of Shaykh, Shaykh Farah Hafizullah This is also reported by Muslim as hadith number 8 From the hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu being the famous hadith of Jibreel, the second hadith of Al-Nawi's 40 hadith. The Prophet ﷺ defined these three levels, Islam, and Iman, and Ihsan. Then comes the saying of Shaykh Islam, وَكُلُّ مَرْتَبَةٍ لَهَا أَرْكَانٍ And every level has pillars. And every one of these three levels has its pillars. Shaykh Fawzan said His saying وَكُلُّ مَرْتَبَةٍ لَهَا أَرْكَانٍ And every level has its pillar Every level has pillars He defines pillars أَرْكَانٍ He said الأركان Pillars Is the plural of Rukun A pillar And it is that Which something stands upon A Rukun A pillar is something Which something else Stands or rests upon So the أَرْكَانٍ Of something The pillars of something are its aspects which it stands upon and it cannot stand without them the thing cannot stand without the pillars without the pillars it will fall down, it won't stand and they are within the thing itself when they are apart, they are within the thing itself contrary to ash-shurut contrary to conditions for they are outside the thing so the Shaykh here makes a distinction between, and he goes on to give the example of the prayer. So he makes a, dis- a distinction between the arkan of something, the pillars of something, and the shurut of something. Both of these shurut conditions and arkan pillars, both are things which the thing which is built upon them, they are necessary for that thing. If, a sh- if a, the, sh- the shurut are not present, the conditions of something are not present, the thing itself will not be present. If the arkan for something are not present, the thing will not be present, it will fall down. And the difference is that a shalat, a condition, is something which is outside the thing itself. Whereas a rukan is something which is within, is part of the thing itself. That's the difference. But as for it being essential, then they're both essential. It's just whether they're within the thing itself or whether they're outside the thing itself. I should make that clear with the example he said. For example, the conditions, the shurut of the prayer, that they are outside the prayer and come before it. Conditions for the prayer, for example, wudu. The wudu is a shalat for the prayer. 
but it's meaning something outside the prayer, it's essential for the prayer, but it's outside the act of wudu, making wudu is not from the prayer itself, it's outside, so it's a show. Which I said so, the likes of the conditions, the shuruq of the prayer, then they are outside the prayer, coming before it. And as for the arkan, the pillars of the prayer, then they are inside it, such as the takbiratul ihram, the initial takbir of the prayer, and the recitation of the al-fatiha, they come within it. So that makes the, the difference there. Sure, an example of shalt, condition for the prayer, something the prayer is essential for the prayer is wudu. It is essential, the prayer is essential. It has to be there, but it's outside the prayer. Whereas recitation of um, the initial takbir, and recitation of the fatiha, again the prayer is essential, that's essential for the prayer, but it's within the prayer, so it's a rukun, a, a pillar. Then he said, so if anything from them is missing, then the prayer will not be correct. Just, if anything from the conditions or the pillars of the prayer are missing, the prayer will not be correct. Just as, if there was something missing from the pillars which hold up a building, then, the, then it will not stand and it will not be supported. Whereas a pillar is something essential for the thing. Just saying that a pillar, a supporting pillar for a building, if it's taken away, the building will not stand. <coughs> Then there comes a small title, or a small subheading, Arkan al-Islam, the pillars of Islam. Shahadatun la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah ma'anaha wa daliluha. The pillars of Islam, the testification that none has a right to be Worship except Allah and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, its meaning and what it indicates, or rather its meaning and its proof. Its meaning and its proof. And he brings the saying of Shaykh Islam, فَأَرْكَانُ الْإِسْلَامِ خَمْسَةً شَهَادَةٌ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَإِقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيْتَاءُ الزَّكَاةِ وَصَامُ رَمَضَانِ وَحَجُّ بَيْتِ اللَّهِ الْحَرَامِ so the pillars of Islam are five. The testification that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And establishing the prayer, and giving the zakah, and fasting Ramadan, and performing hajj to Allah's sacred house. Sheikh Bawzan said in explanation, Islam will not stand, Islam will not be established, except with these pillars. If they are missing, then Islam will not be upright, not be standing. And the rest of the acts of obedience, I mean that these five here, are not the only actions in Islam, they are not the only five actions of Islam, there are others, there are many other actions in Islam. But Shaykh makes the point, the rest of the actions besides these five, are Muqammilat, are matters of completion for these pillars. All the actions of obedience and all good deeds, they are all actions of completion of these pillars. And therefore, <coughs> when Jibreel السلام, asked Allah's Messenger وسلم, in the presence of the companions, saying, Akhbirni al Islam, inform me about Islam. He replied, Al-Islam 
أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا. Islam is that you bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah and that you establish the prayer and that you give the zakat and that you fast Ramadan and that you perform hajj to the house if you are able to make your way to it. In the footnote they mention this, uh, check it in the Referencing the list as preceded me on the previous pages, part of the hadith, the same hadith, the long hadith of Jibreel. Sheikh Fazan said, So he explained Islam to be these five pillars. Then Sheikh Fazan makes an important point. However, so in this hadith, the Prophet was asked, What is Islam? So he mentioned these five pillars of being <coughs> Islam. Then Sheikh makes an important point. He said, However, the hadith of Ibn Umar. makes it clear that these five are the foundations of Islam. So he said, and the Prophet said in the hadith of Ibn Umar, Dunya al-Islam ala khams. Islam is built upon five. The hadith, as I mentioned in the footnote, Islam is built upon five. The hadith being reported by Al-Bukhari is hadith number eight, and by Muslim is hadith number sixteen. From hadith of Ibn Umar radiallahu anh. And of course that means the third hadith of among those 40 hadith. Hadith of Ibn Umar got the five pillars of Islam. Meaning that these five are not the whole of Islam. <coughs> Rather they are its pillars and its foundations which it rests upon. And the rest of the legislative matters are things which perfect and complete these pillars. And we shouldn't understand just from the first hadith that Islam, the whole of Islam is just these five things, nothing else, there's no more, no, no more, nothing, nothing more to Islam than that. But rather, the hadith of Ibn Umar makes it clear that these are the five fundamental princi- uh, pillars, foundations, which the rest of Islam is built upon, and the rest of Islam being a completion of these five. And that's where Sheikh Bazan ends explanation of that point. Just as a, an additional side point here, then Sheikh Zayd al-Madkhali, Hafizullah, he mentions with regard to the phrase, وَإِقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ and establishment of the prayer. Because sometimes you know, people misunderstand the term establishment of the prayer, just to mean, you know, we praise the person, he prays, that's it, establishing prayer. So Sheikh Zayd al-Madkhali draws our attention to what establishing the prayer actually means, إِقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ so what is meant by establishing the prayer is carrying it out, performing it, doing it in the correctly legislated manner, beginning with its purification and proceeding to carry out its arkan, its pillars and its conditions and those things which are obligatory and doing it in the manner Explained by Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in his saying, or explained by Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, by his saying and his action. And he said, "Sallu kama ra'itumuni usalli." Pray as you have seen me praying. Hadith reported by Bukhari, chapter 631, 6008, and 7246, and others.
It's not just the way the person he prays, but the person correctly establishes the prayer, as the Sheikh said, with his conditions and his pillars and something it correctly. So the section that we're on at the moment is with regard to on the second fundamental principle, knowledge and awareness of the religion of Islam, and that's quite a large section of the book. And about, just to briefly summarize what comes next, inshallah, there are about 34 pages of, about Islam, which we've started here, about 34 pages of Islam, its five pillars, and their proofs. Then there comes about 24 pages with regard to Iman, the next level. Iman, and its six pillars, and their proofs. And then there comes around 20 pages with regard to Ihsan, and its proof. Ihsan with its one pillar and its proof. And then after that there comes the third fundamental principle of the book, knowledge and awareness of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa